I had a very strange childhood. Had the worst case any doctor had ever seen. My job is to keep healing. So that is the story. We all have remarkable stories within us. Stories of adversity, challenges, triumphs, and ultimately of healing. This is Your Health, Your Story, the podcast. In any endeavor, if you have a complete picture of the entire situation, you're at a huge advantage to come up with viable solutions. That's especially true in medicine. While lab work shows part of the picture, it often misses key elements of actual root causes and unseen dysfunctions that conventional blood work simply can't pick up. Today's guest understands this and uses specific methodology to get the complete picture of you, from the body's internal environment to how it interacts with the world. This approach is going beyond treating symptoms and reveals the causes of illness and the interdependencies of our biosystem, energy, and environment. This is the story of the spectrum of health with Dr. Christine Schaffner. When you're in like the integrative naturopathic and alternative world, it's kind of a small world, right? Because I've known of you for a while now and uh, followed your work and, and even seen you speak, of course, before at Body Electric. And we both recently spoke at the Lime and everything's virtual, so we didn't actually meet at the event. But it was amazing to, you know, cross paths and you do that a lot in this industry. But I'd love to hear your story of how you even got into the naturopathic and integrative medicine field. So give us your story. How'd you get here? Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. So I, you know, grew up in a family of medicine. I grew up on the East Coast outside of DC and my father is actually an oncologist and my mother is in um, nursing and nursing education. And she worked at a hospital with quality and education. And, you know, I, so I was always around it and always kind of dabbled with the idea of being a doctor and loved biology and all that good stuff. And then I went to the University of Virginia and during that time, you know, I was really still, you know, East Coast as you live on the East Coast, you know, so really, you know, battling like that, should I become a medical doctor or a naturopathic doctor? And this was still, you know, very much, I think, you know, it was starting to gain traction, but still very, you know, not mainstream at all. And so I had some really interesting events. You look back and see how you the seeds are planted right on, on your timeline. And, you know, my mom had a good friend who had a cancer diagnosis and she found somebody who went to Bastyr. So that was the first time I had heard of Bastyr. And I was really excited about that there even existed the field of naturopathic medicine. And then when I was at UVA, um, I went to a course on complementary and alternative medicine and a naturopath um, taught that course. And one of the speakers was actually Dr. Jerry Tennant. And so that was back in like early 2000s. And he um, really planted a seed in my brain about energy medicine. And um, many of you might know his story, but he was one of the first doctors who did the LASIK surgery. And so he potentially had a viral exposure through his eyes that got into his brain and um, had he had debilitating chronic fatigue for about 13 years. And what changed the course was a um, instrument called the scanner, which worked on um, basically polarity and this concept of negative and positive charge in the body and recognizing viruses through that um, and, you know, mounting an immune response through that. And so that was really pivotal, um, just, you know, hearing that story. And so my path led me to uh, Bastyr and Honestly, I was one of the youngest people in the program at that time. I was 22. I moved across the country and it was a big culture shock. You know, you think you know about health and then you're, you know, in Seattle, which was very different from Virginia and um, Bastyr was very um, different. And I, I still had that inner conflict if this is the right path or not for me. And I did something very out of character and I decided to take a, a year off. And that year became two years. And in that time, I had this, again, incredible um, journey. And I met incredible people along the way that just led me back to naturopathic medicine. And, you know, I did an um, event um, with like Dr. Perlmutter and Dr. Ray and, um, you know, learned about mercury in the mouth. And, you know, I even, you know, took the MCAT just getting really close up to that, you know, possibility. And in that moment, I was like, this is not, you know, for me. And so I found my way back to Bastyr. And one of the first lectures I, you know, when I, during that time um, was with Louisa Williams. Do you, do you know her? Um, she um, wrote a book called Radical Medicine. 
And if anyone out there wants to learn, probably the conversation we're going to have more and more, it's like the textbook of, I think, the medicine we both practice. And it talks a lot about bioregulatory medicine and the concept of interference fields and the dental connection and, you know, all of these things. And I just remember sitting in that class and she was like, what is the first thing that you do when you um, have a patient walk in your room? And we're like, oh, ask them if they eat gluten or, you know, whatever, you know, whatever we're thinking. And she's like, you look in their, you know, their mouth. And that just really struck me. And she was a very um, influential mentor in my life. And so kind of everything was all timing for me. So I came back to Bastyr and everything just fell into place. I had wonderful mentors. I, um, you know, really had a wonderful experience. And then after graduation, I had a lot of, um, opportunity to really dive in and study bioregulatory medicine. And here we are 12 years later. And, um, you know, it's just, you know, we're in that paradox, right? That even though things are becoming more censored and more polarized and everything, there's also this opportunity to um, share these conversations that we're having way more than when I graduated. So I, that gives me great hope that we're getting there, you know, we're getting there on really um, sharing with people the real reasons why they're sick and giving them tools. And, you know, I know that we shared a, a share a passion and how can we shorten that time, you know, for people to get the proper diagnosis or whatever, you know, um, we want to call it. And then, you know, really, I, I still feel very much that we're in a quest to finding the more elegant path to healing because I think we we know a lot and we have a lot of great tools, but I'm still not satisfied as how long it still takes people to get better. And so that really propelled me on a path to look at biophysics and, you know, study, you know, the whole energy medicine um, perspective, because I think that integration with what we would call biofield science with functional medicine or bioregulatory medicine or whatever we want to call it. I, I think that that's the future of medicine that I'm really passionate on learning about, sharing with my patients and really creating a conversation about. So that's a long-winded story of where, where, where I got. No, I mean, it's your story. It's not long-winded. That's great. And I, I think it's so true. And I, I find this, you know, across the, lots of doctors I speak with, it's like you start going down one path and you find yourself on another. And that's the beauty of medicine. It is a dynamic science. It is constantly evolving and changing. This idea that there's one right way of going about medicine is like bonkers to me. It's like there's only one way to go about life. It's just make money. You know how many people are miserable on that path, right? Because it's not the only path. Maybe for some, that's their path. But, you know, when I hear you talk about this with bioregulatory, with going more on the quantum field sort of side of thing, that excites me because that's kind of looking at medicine as a whole, as that holistic side. And I think functional medicine has done a great job of moving us away from conventional, integrating lifestyle nutrition, doing a lot of great things to take us into a more comprehensive approach of healing. But it's still, to me, there's a lot to go. You could keep going. It's not like functional and stop there. And, you know, you brought up Jerry Tennant, who, you know, healing voltage is healing and this idea Do you think we're getting there now where functionals kind of hit this? I think it's gotten quite large and everyone knows a functional doctor and there's like Parsley Health everywhere and all these places you can go to that are very functionally based. Do you think we're now at this precipice where it's going to keep moving towards energy, which you found yourself, but I find many doctors still aren't quite grasping? Yeah, I I do. I feel in my heart, you know, I know that our medical system continues to go through a healing crisis and, you know, we can look at that. And I I, I do think that it's going to allow the opening for us to have these conversations with quantum biology and, you know, biophysics and energy medicine more and more. And I applaud the functional medicine movement. I I, I absolutely do. I'm, I'm grateful for them. They did a way better job than my naturopathic profession of moving the needle and getting this conversation, you know, to um, mainstream. And, you know, I, I think you see this too, right? Um, the people that often land in our office have done all of that, right? And they're still not in a state 
of health and they're not in a state of um, resolution that they're able to move on with their life, that they're still very much struggling in their physical body. So that, you know, I guess that's my path to continue to inquire about why when you're doing the right things, the best supplements, the best diet, all the best physical things, why are some people not getting better? And so that's been my path to ask those questions. And I'm sure you're well aware of uh, Dr. Joe Dispenza and um, that that world um, has been really inspiring for me, especially over the last year. I um, had a patient who I, I basically, um, she ended up um, seeing my colleague more, but we were in communication and she was, she was very, very sick. She had mast cell activation syndrome and, you know, we know what that means like very reactive you're constantly in stress and anxiety and fear about your environment because you're so sensitive and you're you're very physically you know harmed by many substances and so you know she was doing her work and doing all the things but she was very much committed to the path and doing the meditations with Joe Dispenza and she said that you know she shared this visualization that she had of eating a chocolate croissant with her young boy in France um, and she's American and I was like, well, I'm, you know, I'm not going to limit anything, but it was like, wow, that's, that's a big, you know, that's a big vision. And she showed us a picture, you know, about a year later of that experience. And so, you know, yes, I think what we were doing for her helped, but I think it was that synergy of those, um, you know, the ability to get in that state of coherence on a very uh, regular basis, um, you know, have that visualization of your future heal self and kind of drawing that to you um that really was the thing right that that synergy got her to that experience and so that planted a seed within me and then um you know with everything going on in the last few years i um had the opportunity i've gone to three events and been trying to implement more of the meditations in my life. And I just love how Dr. Dispenza bridges that uh, world of the mystical kind of spiritual with the science, right? And he can have a language. And I think that is the language that we want to bring forth. And um, he says something that really sticks with me. Um, to uh, Change matter with matter takes time. And I, I think we know how to do that, right? Functional medicine knows how to do that. And we stick it out and we get people better, right? But, you know, the average person, if I just do matter to matter, 18 months, two years, you know, really. Um, and, you know, but then he says, when you change the field, you can change matter. And so that is the inquiry that I've been in for the last, you know, two years, um, really. And how do I really um, bring in tools and language around what does that mean and how do we change the field so that we can see these opportunities to accelerate the healing path and you know it, it helps us to think you know he talks about the root of pathologies in the field not in the physical body and so it takes this whole idea of root cause <laughs> to like this whole other language and why again I'm staying with this community and staying with this um, path is because, you know, those three events I've been in, when you're in these events, you have these very profound experiences and you meet incredible people and you hear these stories. And I honestly, out of any medical community or conference, I've seen more miracles than, you know, what would be quote miracles than any other community. So it, it has my attention. And, you know, I, um, I really hope in my career and in my lifetime that we bring um, a language to this. So, uh, you know, definitely like empower people to really understand this and not make this big leap that they have to like distrust because it's invisible and they don't understand that, okay, this works, but really give people a language around it. And then also integrate this into the clinical model. I think we have a shared passion on how to bring this into the clinical treatment um, and, you know, really from the beginning, empower people with this language and like just as much as we're looking at their vitamin D levels and their co-infections and their mercury levels and their dental stuff, we're like, you know, part of this path is that you're going to feel empowered by the end of it and you're part of the equation and don't ever let me not remind you of that. So yeah, that that's, you know, really my vision and my passion right now. The language is so important, isn't it? And what I've realized when I speak to many doctors, sometimes it is about bridging the gap. Because a lot of the times when you're talking about, let's say, ancient wisdom, esoteric things, energy, quantum, you lose people. They don't know that language. I was, I've always said, 
If you try speaking to someone in Chinese, even though it's wonderful information and they don't know Chinese, it goes over the head and you lose them. And they go back to what they're used to, which is English, let's say. And you could say English is the conventional approach of take this pill. You won't have symptoms. End of debt. You're good. Right. Or we'll just cut it out. But to bridge that gap is incredibly important. What I've realized is a lot of this kind of advanced science talk is really just what ancients use different words for. I think that's the thing and be able to bridge that and present it in a way with analogies that connect with people with not something that goes completely over their head is really, really important as we move medicine forward. Because you're right, so much of medicine is in the invisible, is in the things that we can't yet quantify with many of the tools we have in conventional medicine. So that's really important. How are you bridging that gap in your practice with patients that are I know this in our practice very much so still in that kind of conventional old way of looking at things. Yes, they may have been exposed to meditation and Joe Dispenza, but when you start to apply, let's say, light therapies and energy medicine, that again, or even emotional things, they say, hey, just give me the IV and let's be done with this because I don't want to address my emotional trauma. <laughs> you know, it's, it's a great question. And, you know, we have to meet people where they're at, right? You know, yep. we have you have to meet people where they're at, but you know, if they show up in your doorstep and you have all of these offerings and all this knowledge, there's a part of them that's attracted to having that experience. And it's, you know, sometimes drooping that out. Some of my patients, you know, I can go right there. They're ready. They understand this. They're, you know, already in this language and some, you know, you, you it might take, you know, a year before they're open to it and, and that's okay. And I'm, I'm totally open to um, being on that, you know, that timeline with them. You know, we're at, a, I think, a unique tipping point for energy medicine, too, because we are surrounded by all of this technology, right, with Wi-Fi and cell phones that I think people have, um, you know, at least in their mental model, there are these invisible fields of information and energy that they might not quite understand, but we're interacting with. You know, they, they know Wi-Fi, they know the cell phone tower, you know, there, there's that connection. So I, I think even though that obviously has um, cost benefit to our physical bodies, of course, our um, energetic bodies, um, that I think is opening up the, you know, the language for, you know, this time. And so I, you know, I like to use um, different terminology and I have a mentor and a friend, Dr. Beverly Rubick, and she is a biophysicist in UC Berkeley. And I love um, that she was very influential in using this term biofield because it, it kind of, it's not aura, it's not chakra, it's not, you know, it, it's, it sounds scientific and, you know, it is, right? And so she was influential in putting um, this term biofield in um, PubMed in the 1990s. So it could be researched and studied. And there's a lot of research if you go into PubMed and put in biofield. And, you know, their description has evolved about the biofield, but the biofield is this field of information and energy that surrounds the body. And I always start bridging that gap for the conventional language and the, you know, alternative language with knowing that we have, you know, the capacity in the conventional world to measure our electromagnetic nature, right? So we um, very much know that our heart has a strong electromagnetic field. It is the strongest electromagnetic field in the body. And I think as you learn about energy medicine, you cannot ignore the heart, right? And the heart, you know, it's, it's beautiful, right? When you get really, you know, it's complicated, but very simple that we're wired to be in these states of love and gratitude and appreciation. And when we are, um, the, our physiology follows and we are inherently more healthy and more regulated and, you know, more connected. And so, um, you know, the heart is, you know, definitely we can measure through the electromagnetic um, in nature of EKGs and things, brain waves, obviously. So there's this, you know, conventional understanding. And then, you know, sometimes breaking it down, you know, like um, there are just principles in physics, right? Whenever you have electricity, you have magnetism. And when you have magnetism, you have electricity. And we have electrolytes and we have these, you know, electrical charges in the body. And that's biochemistry too, right? So, you know, take a leap and then you can know that we have this movement of charge in the body. So we, by inherent nature of the movement of electrical charge, we have electromagnetic fields. And so, you know, once you just kind of break it down in simple terms, I think people can understand this electrical nature of the body. And then, you know, I very much hope in my lifetime, there'll be more accessible tools to look at the biophoton emissions of the body. Um, you know, we have, you know, different things um, like curling photography or the GDB cameras, or I have a bio well in my office and 
you know, this is the, you know, this is, is really what excites me, the idea of light and sound um, and that communication in the body. And so, you know, I just share with people that it's been, you know, studied, you know, obviously Dr. Fritz Albert Pop looked at biophotons and that we are wired to basically emit and receive sound, right? So from our DNA, you know, our DNA can emit biophotons and we have a whole network of basically a fiber optic network in our body that um, responds to light transmission. And then an area that is super exciting to me is sound. And there is a um, biophysicist out of UCLA, like in the early 2000s, basically it's called sonocytology. So this, um, the study of cell sounds. So you can measure, you know, and hear sounds coming from cells. And just in the beauty of how we're made that when cells are sick or dying or mutated or have cancer, they make an incoherent dissonant sound. And then when they're healthy, they're more harmonious, uh, you know, harmonious and coherent. And so, you know, giving people like, you know, those pearls and then, you know, I, I feel like obviously there's, you know, light sound, this idea of frequency, frequency. I think that term gets thrown around a lot, but it's obviously very much how the, the world works. And um, they're in ancient traditions, you know, they even mapped out resonant frequencies and resonant sounds for every t- tissue in the body. You know, a lot of our Eastern European scientists have you figured out technologies to measure, you know, resonant frequencies in the body. So that idea, like every tissue has an optimal range of frequency when it's in balance and when it's out of balance, you know, there is stress and incoherence and pathology. And so when you think about it, the, the language of all of that, a lot of our job, right, um, especially when people are sick, is like, how do we add more coherent information to the body so the body can then have more balanced biochemistry, so more coherent light. So that's going to be, you know, our light therapies, more coherent sound. That's going to be our sound therapies. There's a lot of different frequency technologies that do different things, but the ones that I like, you know, find when there's imbalance in resonant frequencies and then add resonant frequencies to the body. So then the body has the opportunity to um, respond, right? And regulate with that information. So I see, you know, very much that these um, biofield therapies, we just miss out a huge opportunity if we're not integrating them along the way with our, you know, vitamin D and our antimicrobials and our chelation and, you know, all of that. So I'm not a purist and I, there are people out there, you know, I'm totally in honor of that can just heal with energy alone. But, you know, for the modern time and modern terrain, I feel like we need that you know, integration. Um, and that's, you know, the new integrative medicine, right? You know, biofield science with, you know, functional and bioregulatory medicine. No, it's incredibly exciting that you have that combination because you really are attacking an issue at, at multiple initiation points. And I think all issues really do start on an energetic or even vibration. You know, Tesla said it the best that if you want to learn the secrets of the universe, think in terms of energy, frequency, and vibration. Like he knew it. He was one of the smartest minds. And I'm sure Einstein, Pop, George Lakovsky, they would all agree. And these are some of the most prominent scientific minds of the last hundred years. We're just a little bit slow, I think, to adopt it in medicine, which is normal. I think, you know, it took Newtonian principles, you know, a couple hundred years to really be adopted by medicine and start applying those. So I think we're just ahead of the curve, but it will get there. Now, in terms of looking at energy medicine and, and some of the therapies you're utilizing, what are the, some, of, some of the ones you've seen great things? Because there's so much out there, right? And that's the cool thing too, but it also becomes a little bit overwhelming for a lot of people or people just getting in, whether or not this works and that works and this EMF protection and, you know, and thinking you could just sit in a Faraday cage all day and protect yourself from EMF without understanding that we need certain waves from, you know, the earth as well as cosmic waves. So there's still like, I think it's so fresh and new and there's so much flooding kind of the market to be like, oh, I can help you with this energy and block this energy. What are the ones you're looking at excited about? Yeah, absolutely. And I, um, I'll share a couple of my favorite tools and just also being very cognizant that, you know, everybody um, has access to this, you know, a lot of these things, at no cost as yeah. well. Just, you know, again, you and I both see people who are pretty sick and need, you know, these extraordinary tools to support them. And I think also like we're in the modern terrain, right? And, you know, it's really expensive and really, 
you know, you have to be very educated to be very healthy right now in our society. And I hope that changes, right? But it's just where we where we are. So I'll kind of give you, you know, both ends of the spectrum there. So in my office, um, you know, we have a couple, you know, a number of different tools. But one, you know, we'll start with light. So the light um, equipment that I have in my office is the uh, Weber Medical Technology. I don't know if you have that in your office, but... I love Dr. Weber. I'm actually speaking with him next week about the, the helmet. Because we had the IV laser and the laser watch, and that, that's been great. And now we're applying the helmet for depression. So completely on board with that. Yeah. Dr. Weber, we, um, they just had a great conference in um, San Diego. And that's right. Yeah, he's a brilliant um, doctor and a brilliant um, innovator. And he developed this equipment um, that is different uh, wavelengths of laser light. And it can be applied different ways. So you can use it intravenously, interstitially interarticularly, if you're out of our country, um, into tumors. Um, and this idea of not just photobiomodulation, so different wavelengths of light having you know, biochemical effects in the body, there's this idea of photodynamic therapy. And so photo, photodynamic therapy, I think, is brilliant. And it's this idea that when you apply a photosensitizer, which you can take internally, topically, intravenously, and there are different substances. So for example, let's say like methylene blue. So that is a pigment. It's a blue pigment and has all of these amazing properties in the body. And when it gets taken in by cells, it responds. Um, it's basically photoactivated by red light or 660 nanometer light. So it's this idea, this integration of physical substances with their peak spectrum absorption to get a more potent effect in the body and it can stimulate either apoptosis for cancer cells or increased reactive oxygen species to kill different pathogens inside the cell. So that's super exciting. And as you mentioned, they have a watch. They're, they just updated their watch. And so there's going to even be more powerful, which is awesome. So that idea with the watch is that you're applying light to the radio artery and then the um, blood that's passing by is absorbing these different photons of light for different physical effects. Um, we have the helmet and that's red and infrared and then the infrared can penetrate into the bone um, through the skull and, and get into the brain for, um, you know, just to access the brain. The brain's really hard to access with other tools. So um, that's um, really exciting. So we use um, light and that's my main light tool. We do use sound um, and there's two aspects to sound therapy. One is my good friend, um, Kelly Kennedy introduced me to this um, man, Rasmus Berghausen. Do you know him? You should know him. I, I'll introduce you. Um, he, um, he's Austrian and he studied with Emoto. So Dr. Emoto, who's the water guy, right? He decided he figured out how intention can impact, you know, basically the structure of water. And when you think that we're mostly water, right? You know, we can just think about all of the health effects of how we can affect the water in our body. And he developed an equipment called the Sound of Soul. So basically, it measures your heart rate variability, and it can monitor and basically change different music that basically interacts with your heart rate variability. So it's basically converting your heart rate variability into music and light. So basically, you're bathing in the sound and light of the music of your heart. So it's very heart opening, which is really exciting. And then I've been using the AO scan. Um, Lauren Swenson introduced me to that. That's his company, Solex. And he has a really impactful story. He um, adopted a child who had cerebral palsy and recovered him through um, energy medicine. So we traveled all over the world um, and found you know, this technology. And it's based on different um, resonant frequencies. So it has all of that. But the um, sound part is called inner voice. And you talk into the basically technology and the technology can read where you have too high of tones or too low of tones. And then it basically gives you balancing music to balance those um, basically out of range tones. And then the trippy thing about it is they've studied this and they found that different um, patterns and algorithms of out of balance correspond to different subconscious emotions. So we're basically working on the unconscious part of us, um, you know, through music. And so, I, and I think music has a huge ability to help release, you know, trauma in the field and in our tissues and, you know, in our inner system. So that's um, sound. And then, you know, with frequency, um, you know, I also, again, use the AO scan. I have um, the BioWell, which is the gas discharge visualization that looks at the biofield 
We also have uh, Ness, Harry Massey um, um, equipment. Um, I'm starting to use that more and more. And then I'm um, I'm actually part of um, the company Free Medica. I um, was introduced to that equipment um, with Stephen Davis. He has a story through his daughter and he helped heal her on her Lyme journey with um, this technology that basically to keep it very simple, gave, gives a protocol through light and frequency applied to the body. And they are coming out with a wearable technology where you can basically have a wearable frequency that you can download different packages that I've been working with Dr. Um, Leanne Keneally and Dr. Rob Cass on creating packages for like stress, anxiety, sleep. And, you know, again, these will be delivered in the form of frequency. So And there are going to be so many more tools. I know Harry's coming out with one and it's going to be like different supplements. There's just going to be all this different frequency technology, which is really um, super exciting. So those are, you know, um, a lot of different equipment that I have in the office. I also have um, something called the Flow Presso, which is, um, you know, the lymphatics are a huge part of the the work we do. And um, it uses compression, um, infrared, and um, they call it nano vibrational technology. So it's like a PEMF-like technology to add. Um, so, you know, basically energy to increase cell voltage. So those are different things. And then I do, you know, muscle testing. I work with a, a different team of doctors. Um, I work with a chiropractor too, who also um, studied with Goodheart and she's really good structurally, but also can read um, the emotions in the body and the energetics in that way. And then we have a, you know, a wonderful referral network that, you know, you just, you know, for the, you know, you just sense, you know, timing what people need outside of what you offer and whether it's, um, you know, different, you know, more um, intense therapies or different, you know, referrals who can work, you know, with like body code or motion code or EMDR or, you know, all of these different things. So it's, um, you know, very integrated approach and, you know, it's not cookie cutter. I, I mean, that would make our job way, way easier, right? If everybody got the same thing and it all worked. Um, so it's a very dynamic um, process with each patient on figuring out what they need and how to support them um, to really help them. Um, get better. I've realized that as you add more, it's not just about adding the pieces, it's about becoming an artist and being skilled with how you apply them. And I think that's where people sometimes, I, I know we used to give uh, you know talks to practitioners and my father would lead a lot of the seminars and they would always want to just know what technology should I buy? And that was it. They didn't want to know beyond it. It'll tell me what to do, right? But the truth of the matter is to be a, a, a skilled integrative practitioner means being an artist, means being able to personalize to each person and tap into the patient's intelligence with things like muscle testing and other types of evaluations or EAVs, whatever it is. But it still requires you to do the work, to not just sit there and be a technician. And that's what I love what I hear, what you're putting out there. You're saying, hey, I want more tools in my toolkit. And that's great, but I also want to apply it in a very tailored way where each patient receives their own protocol that gets them back to complete health of body, mind, and spirit. And I think that's where a lot of medicine, I'm not going to say has gone wrong because I, I think that application is just how much of medicine approach things is protocol driven. Right. So what's yeah. your diagnosis? Uh, you know, put your hand on this or let's see your labs. And then I, I know the protocol based off of general kind of, you know, things out there. Mm-hmm. Do you think as, as we go along that this idea of personalized medicine will translate to something that is truly tailored to each patient and apply energetic medicine and all these tools? Or do you think we're just so far advanced that this is still like a hundred years out. Cause I've, I've spoken to some doctors and they came in and looked around our clinic. They're just like, no, this is still like, you, you got to wait a couple hundred years before this goes mainstream. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, uh, it's a great question. And I, I think that we are, um, you know, we're pioneering and bringing this information to the forefront and because of, um, you know, another kind of like quantum physics principle is a collective network of observers determines reality. And I think there's enough of us if we use this collective energy and come together that we can actually, we can accelerate the acceptance of this um, model. And, you know, I, I don't know about you, but people usually come to us not because it's their first stop, right? They come to us because they've tried a lot of things and been to Mayo and Cleveland and, you know, this and that. And not to say we have all the answers, but we serve a, a huge patient population that doesn't fit in that 
conventional model. And I think with the trajectory, especially after the last two years of what's happened to people's bodies and health and all of that, we're going to be forced to have more tools and we're going to have to get more and more creative. And I think that to help people unwind some of whether it's long haulers or reactions or choices that they're going to have to, we're going to have to use extraordinary efforts to help unwind that in the physical body. And I think a lot of the answers lie within this realm. And so I think that, you know, people like us and our colleagues in our community, plus the times we're in, that there would be, there will be an acceleration of the acceptance of this form of medicine. So I feel, um, I feel more optimistic than like a hundred years because I think there's just a lot of things coming to, there's a huge opportunity if humanity chooses and if our society chooses to bring this to the forefront, I think in this decade. I agree with you. And here's why I think it's that way. It's for two reasons. Number one, necessity. We have now what, 60, 70, pushing on almost, I've seen, heard some doctors say 80% of us are chronically ill. Some of us don't even know it. We just walk around with just parasites and things in us and are constantly fatigued, but just don't actually get a diagnosis. But we probably would if we went in and actually got a good one. So that would be number one, because you can't have a functioning society near 100% chronically ill. That's just impossible. And number two is results. This is what I've always said is that, you know, we don't bring anyone in here for the reason of just, you know, I think trying it. I think a lot of times you end up, but also you want to see results. A lot of what goes on here is out of pocket, insurance doesn't cover and things like that. And it's a lot of it is on you too, as I'm sure you know, the responsibility is for you to change your lifestyle, you to do the work. We just served as little catalyst to give you these tools, but you know, all those hours outside the doctor's office are more important. And if we didn't have the results in the face of complex chronic conditions, then it wouldn't mean as much. Then we would just be where most of conventional medicine is, which is let's just manage this disease and you live with it. And we'll give you another pill if another symptom comes up. So I think with those two necessity and results, I do think those are the catalysts because I've seen it over the last two years. I don't know about you, but more people are saying, hey, I'm susceptible having comorbidities. I'm susceptible not being well here. This is the first time I've really took a look at this and said, these pills I'm taking, this doesn't suddenly make me less susceptible. It puts me at a higher risk. I want to address it and I'm not doing it with the old way. What is a different path? What's a new way? I need to start researching this and seeing what's out there and talking to other people that have experienced this. And that we always say, you know, we don't really market ourselves that much. We use the patients market us. If they go tell their friends, hey, I got better after 20 years of Lyme, that's an amazing proof of concept in a sense. So I think for those two reasons, we will see uh, this becoming more and more prominent and very soon. And one of the ways I, I know it's prominent, it's, it's, it's going on, you know, mainstream kind of networks. And one of those networks that I know about is Dave Asprey's podcast, which I saw you talking about ozone on and was very happy to see that. And uh, I know you use a machine, the EBO2, correct? Yeah. You know, I don't have one in my office yet, but I I refer to a dear friend in um, LA. It's one of the most exciting therapies I think that we have um, right now to address all of, you know, what I, I call the modern terrain, right? Like what, you know, we say Lyme, we say all these things, which of course are very much part of the story, but, you know, it's in the backdrop of, you know, all of the things that, you know, we're up against from interference fields and toxicants and, um, you know, disrupted circadian biology and, you know, imbalances in our microbiomes and ecosystem and trauma, all of that, right? That's all what we're treating, right? And so, um, you know, I got EBO2. um, I I like to, you know, experiment on myself as, you know, many of us do. And so I went to my friend's office earlier this year and it's a very elegant treatment in that it, it takes your blood it goes through a filter and there needs to be more research, but what we're assuming and what we're, we know that the, um, the filter um, basically filters out beta two microglobulin, which is an um, inflammatory um, protein, um, also different inflammatory compounds, um, heavy metals and mycotoxins and other, you know, probably like microplastics and probably, you know, spike protein, who knows, you know, things are, uh, you know, of that nature. Then it ozonates the blood and then um, combining biophysics 
you know, um, the blood comes back um, to your body going through what we call a photonic sleeve, which is um, red light and or UV light. So, you know, we do that in different ways, but it's, you know, um, part of the treatment. So it's, um, you know, I think a really, um, again, elegant treatment for accelerating detoxification and kind of offloading inflammation in the body and, um, you know, some of the probably like biotoxin, mycotoxin related things. In Europe, they have a stronger filtration device. Um, I um, have some referrals in Switzerland in this clinic called Alpstein, and they have um, this um, device called Inospheresis that came out of um, the Inus Center out of Germany. Dr. Straub invented this. He's a nephrologist and toxicologist to basically um, develop this system that is, again, a blood filtration, but it's going to be stronger. They use these specific... Um, filters from Japan that are filtering um, very specifically, you know, heavy metals, pesticides, um, what gets extracted out of the blood they measure, and it's called an LUAT, and there's this IGL labs. Um, I have a um, one patient in particular who recently did this, who's over in Switzerland, um, and he showed the before and afters, and it's incredible what comes out of the blood um, and, you know, how good he's feeling after this treatment. So, you know, I think again, you know, our biophysics and the things, the energy medicine, and then, you know, I think in every clinic that we need some blood filtration, you know, equipment given, you know, that, you know, we're, uh, you know, basically overwhelmed with toxicants from preconception at this time. Totally. And, you know, the way I saw it, we just purchased the unit and we're oh. waiting its delivery. Yeah. So I was I was excited about because we've been doing major auto hemotherapy and, and rectal insufflation, ozone, right? UVB, all the oxidative therapies are wonderful. It's yeah. just how could you actually keep advancing it a little bit? Next step, you know, um, yeah. We, yeah, and ozone and 10 pass. And so I... um you know, the, this though is, you know, definitely, and, and again, everyone's going to need different things at different times. Oh yeah. You know, um, it's a really great tool to integrate into the, uh, you know, the clinical model. Um, so no, I'm so glad that you're going to you know, have that. So you'll be excited to see what, what happens, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. Anything to progress results. And, and again, everything's personalized, but the idea is it's a natural approach, right? And that filtration is basically like helping your liver out. You know, livers are already overtaxed. All our organs of elimination are completely taxed. As you mentioned, so many toxins out there constantly, even if you're, you know, trying to be as healthy as possible, you're just exposed. It's in the air. It's in, you know, all materials we wear, like no matter what. So, I think it's it's a wonderful, especially if you're ill, it's a wonderful addition to add that blood filtration, ozonate the blood, have that antimicrobial effect that we so many need because we all have different microbes in us and pathogens. So yeah, I'm excited to see that. Another thing I was excited to read about and I want to learn more about is uh, the EECO methodology. Yeah. So could you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, yeah, thank you. Um, so I'm sure you get this a lot, like people ask, you know, what do you do? How do you treat yeah. people with your approach? And so um, that was just a um, kind of framework that I distilled to really communicate um, my thought process and how I develop protocols. And so it's really the combination of really everything we just talked about um, with the first E standing for environment and terrain. So very much um, looking at, you know, I'm a terrain person, right? So looking at how do we strengthen the terrain, reduce the environmental burden, support, you know, the microbiomes in the body, the immune system. Um, and then the, the um, second E is all about energy systems. So this is the biofield and this are biofield therapies and understanding that we are, you know, wired this way and to bring in and integrate tools um, of, of, you know, um, energetic in nature. And then um, C is clearing the block. So a big part of my um, role is looking at interference fields, and I'm sure you do this as well. Um, and interference fields are this idea that came out of bioregulatory medicine that you know, the body is always, you know, working to self-regulate and heal. And if when we have an illness, there's something interfering in that capacity, that regulation, that communication within not only the autonomic nervous system, but you know, I think the fascia and the, the biofield as well. And so we look at um, scars, we look at focal infections, and often in our patients, um, the tonsils and the sinuses are focal infections. And then the, the mouth, right? So the mouth is a huge part of our work. And 
we work a lot with biological dentists that um, you know are very well trained to look at um, toxicity from, of course, mouth fillings, root canals, cavitations. So you know all of that you know um, is very much um, still a part of our work. And um, I think that that's catching on more, but there's still more education that needs to happen, you know, around interference fields, um, because I think it still gets quite missed in the chronic illness, um, you know, population. And then um, the O is all about optimizing flow and drainage. So as we've talked about, you know, we're only as healthy as our body can eliminate, right? So we um, have to really, you know, any protocol that I create, you know, we're always thinking about um, supporting organs of elimination, supporting the lymphatics. The lymphatics are a huge part of our work. And again, still very much overlooked and even in the chronic illness community, um, you know, it's not only, you know, if you take a couple of things away from this lecture, of course, you know, the biofield and energy uh, or energetic nature, but if you're still struggling out there thinking about interference fields and are you really having enough tools to support your lymphatic system? Because the lymphatic system is, our waste clearing system is where our immune system also mounts a healthy response to what it needs to mount. And even if you're thin, you can have a congested lymphatic system and it's um, a body-wide network. So if there's congestion in one area, it can affect drainage in another area. And, you know, we need the whole system to be flowing for our brain to drain, our gut to drain, you know, all of our extremities, breast health for women, even reproductive health. Um, So I think that's still, unfortunately, um, I know you address it, but I think it's still very much overlooked and it's very rewarding to treat because people haven't been addressing their lymphatics and you get that going, that, that's when they get a lot more movement in the body. So that's my framework. And it's not linear. It's kind of all at once. You know, all of my protocols um, have those buckets addressed um, when we're um, coming up with a plan for a patient. No, it's great because it's comprehensive again, and it's getting it's looking at all the root cause and trying to address them in a personalized and tailored way, which is again how medicine where medicine needs to go. I'm not saying there's a right or wrong way about that, right? Everyone has their own way. We use bioresonance a lot, some HRV, we use BioWell, all these other things as well. And it gives us the picture and then you can personalize off of that and get into that, whether lymphatic uh, stagnation is there, whether emotional issues, energetic, past traumas, all of that needs to be addressed. So Dr. Schaffner, I know you got to run soon, but as we wrap this up, what are three things you'd recommend for listeners to do to live a healthier and more optimized life? If you could boil it down to three. Three, only three. Only I know. I love these questions when I get them because I'm like, ah, geez, I got like 33. (laughs) I know. I could could go a lot of different directions, but, uh, you know, just helping um, anyone who's listening just to make this more, you know, more and more accessible, right? So I definitely think um, the first one would develop a gratitude practice. So I mentioned in this, um, you know, conversation about the power of the heart, right? And I think um, when we look at a lot of illnesses, they're, you know, they're diseases of the heart, you know, energetic, emotional, electromagnetic, uh, neurological, you know, we have a huge nervous system connection in our heart and gratitude through the work of Dr. Roland McCready and heart math, um, you know, really is a profound practice in the body and it can help change our state very quickly. And when we're, you know, when we're sick, when life isn't going our way, it can be sometimes the hardest thing to get in that state. But I, I, invite people who are listening to just start their day with three things they're grateful for. Um, so that would be one. And then piggybacked on that, and you know, if you can sit in the chair a little longer, I would really encourage um, this idea of meditation in your life. Um, I have been profoundly impacted within my own life, um, within my patient's life, being inspired again by the work of Joe Dispenza, that when we get in these consistent states of really opening our heart which creates a connection to our brain and so that our brain and our heart are in what we call a coherent state that helps to connect us to basically have a more coherent biofield. And then in my visualization of all of this is that we're more in touch with what we call the unified field, which is the fabric that connects all life. And when we're um, connected with that, we can access that for unlimited potential for healing in our body. But that's also, I think, where the magic of life happens and we can start um, really creating and bringing events and synchronicities into our life to help us live, you know, an experience. I think a big part of being here on the planet is seeing how we can create, um, you know, life. Um, So really, you know, I challenge you to start with gratitude, try to, you know, 
dispensive meditations can be long, but he has even like a morning one that's only 24 minutes. So hopefully you have 24 minutes um, to, you know, definitely connect. And, you know, I, again, just as much as I'm recommending all the treatment modalities and supplements, I'm really trying to bring this in the forefront um, in my patient protocols. And then I, I think the, you know, the last thing um, that we all know, um, the impact of nature on our bodies. And I think, you know, we're so wired right now. We're so, you know, in these um, often, you know, what makes people sick is a toxic indoor environment. So really, you know, getting out, especially in the morning, if you can, um, and getting the light of the the sunrise um, in, you know, in our brains through the, you know, the eyes um, that has a huge impact on our circadian biology. And if you're in a place where you can put your feet on the ground um, and getting those electrons, um, you know, in our connective tissue to deal with all the stressors in the day um, to help regulate inflammation and have those electron reservoirs through grounding um, would be really important. So again, those would be, you know, everyone has access to gratitude, you know, closing their eyes and being quiet and getting out into nature. So I would recommend those three things since I'm only limited to three things right now. <laughs> well, thank you. And I'm incredibly grateful for that answer because I, I agree with it. I think those are three kind of overlooked pieces that so few of us actually implement during our day and they're free. People always say, hey, it's really expensive to be healthy. Have you ever gone to Whole Foods, Whole Check, right? I can't shop there. I got other things to do, right? So, you know, I will say, start with these. These are simple. Writing down three things and truly feeling gratitude in the morning is a few minutes. You know, even if you can't do dispense, just start with a meditation of five minutes of just breathing and just sitting alone and taking in breath and just focusing on that and clearing the mind and to literally just get outside. I mean, I do this in the morning where I, I just, after I, I make uh, some water with uh, lemon and apple cider vinegar, I just go outside and I kick off. It doesn't matter if it's cold or hot. I kick off the sandals or whatever and just put my feet on the ground for a few minutes. And all of that is free and it actually is incredibly beneficial. Yeah, we often overlook it, but I think, uh, you know, th those three, if applied, th those are the foundation for health. So great answers. Where can people learn more about you and kind of find your work? Well, thank you. Um, so I have a website. It's just my name, drchristineschaffner.com. Um, I have a podcast as well. I'd have to have you on it. Um, it's called The Spectrum of Health. Um, so you can find information about that. And then my clinic is in Seattle, so the other coast. Um, it's called Eminence Health. And so we um, do all the things. And we also I have an office in California and we do a lot of telemedicine as well. So those are all the places you can find me. Amazing. I got to stop by there next time on the West Coast. It's been a little while since I've been to Seattle, but my co-founder went to naturopathic school and CNM in Portland. Oh, yeah. So I know the, the I, I used to visit them a lot and do hiking and I'd go up into Washington sometimes too and do a beautiful area. Pacific Northwest is gorgeous. So come visit. Well, absolutely. Right. It's, you have to go to another person's clinic to get treated. Right? <laughs> yeah, I know. It's, it's, it's amazing. You can't do it at your own. I've been saying it. I'm still getting over a flu. You can probably hear I'm a little congested and I just don't want to take up my clinic's time to do treatment. I think I'm that kind of person, like patients first and everything. So even though I should, you know, I'm going at it the natural way of I'm going to get outside right now. And then I'm going to do some gratitude practice to get over this, but that, you know, chew on you because have the get the EBO two treatment. You'll feel good. Yeah. Yes, yes. I'm looking forward to that uh, and and having that delivered. But Dr. Schaffner, thank you so much for this. Uh, looking forward to to seeing everything you do from here on. And this has been great. Oh well, thank you for the invitation. It's been a lot of fun having this conversation. If there's one lesson you could have taken from today's podcast, it's that you have to approach each patient in a holistic manner and create a space for true healing and rejuvenation. Dr. Schaffner is doing this and pioneering a new brand of medicine that innovative medicine, we're all about it. It's time to move away from disease management and symptom suppression and embrace actual healing of body, mind, and spirit. If you liked what you heard here today, leave a rating wherever you're listening to this podcast and share some love. Until next time, keep writing your own healing story.